0: Chapter three of the Mikado Jewel by Fergus Hume This LibriVox recording is in the public domain reading by Matt Chapter three Afterwards Patricia recovered her senses to find that she was lying on her own bed in her own room. Beside her sat Fat Mrs Sellers, with many restoratives, and with a look of anxiety on her tearful face. When Miss Carroll opened her eyes and asked vaguely where she was, Ma uttered an exclamation of pleasure and thankfulness. Oh, what a fright you gave me, dropping down as though you were shot, she said, producing a damp handkerchief. I thought it was another murder and that you had taken poison or... Wait, Patricia, with sudden vigor, sat up in bed and grasped the woman's arm. You used the word murder when I fainted. I use it now, my dear said Mrs. Sellers, with some asperity. What other word is to be used in connection with a cut throat? a cut throat? Patricia stared at her blankly. Oh, don't tie me down to words, wailed Mrs. Sellers, placing her fat hands on her fat knees and rocking stabbed to the throat would be better, I dare say, if there can be any better in connection with the tragic death of my own and only sister. Martha and I never got on well together but-ah yes interrupted patricia passing her hand across her forehead with a bewildered air as a full recollection of what had taken place came back to her suddenly mrs pendreddle has been murdered you said that and i fainted at the door and very naturally lamented mrs sellars dolefully i'm sure i'd faint myself if it wasn't that i am needed with doctors and policemen in the house and after such a happy evening too she continued placing her handkerchief to her red eyes sammy's play was such a success i'm sure it will go on at a west end theatre and have quite a run patricia ruthlessly cut short this babble as she was yet in the dark as to what had taken place during her absence will you tell me who killed mrs pentreddle she asked with some sharpness no i won't my dear because i can't my dear i should rather ask you that very question seeing that you were left in charge of her with that sprained foot of hers why did you go out and leave martha all alone in this big house and where did you go and why are you home so late And i shall answer all those questions in the presence of the police officer who has charge of the case said patricia firmly and gathering her irish wits together to face a very awkward situation i can exonerate myself oh my dear no one ever accused you someone might accuse me said the girl dryly people are always prone to believe the worst of one she scrambled off the bed will you please tell me exactly what has taken place while i bathe my face and change my dress what wonderful self-command you have my dear said mrs sellers admiringly it's a thing i never have had i'm sure when bunsen met me at the door to say that martha was lying in the drawing-room with her jugular bleeding and all the blood out of her body not that she ever had much poor dear you might have knocked me down with a feather i was fit for nothing and it was sammy who sent for the police fancy how good of him my dear seeing that he had the success of his drama on his mind and it is a very great success i can what did bunsen say demanded patricia keeping mrs Sellers to the point from which confused by trouble she constantly strayed he met me and the rest at the door my dear when we came back from the theatre at eleven replied mrs Sellers, trying to calm herself his face was as white as a clown's but it was fear and not chalk with bunsen he and matilda and sarah and eliza got back at a quarter to eleven so that the supper might be seen too and no one has eaten the supper cried mrs Sellers, again going off at a tangent such a lovely supper too we expected to have a happy evening and here is martha lying on her bed a gory corpse with all the bedrooms upset by the villain what villain him who murdered poor martha Whoever he is, the scoundrel. He first stabbed Martha in the drawing room, and then hunted all through the bedrooms, making hay, as the boys say, and every one. Just look at your own, my dear. Miss Carroll had already done so, but she had hitherto believed that the open drawers with their tumbled contents, the disordered wardrobe and the displaced furniture had been the work of Mrs. Sellers. I thought you had done this when you were attending to me. But why should I? demanded mrs sellers somewhat tartly it wouldn't have done you any good to have pulled your room to pieces in this way the police say he wanted something who wanted something the catif who robbed martha of her life retorted the ex-actress in her best theatrical manner he murdered the poor dear for something and as it wasn't on her whatever it is he searched the house whether he got it or not whatever it is i can't say nor can anyone else but he went out by the front door in spite of the drawing-room middle window being unfastened and where he's gone no one knows the middle drawing-room window could not have been unfastened said patricia raising her dripping face from the basin "Bunsen locked it before he went to the theatre well then it must have been open since my dear for the latch is undone and it has been pushed up a little way from the bottom martha couldn't have done it as her foot was so bad she couldn't have left the sofa i dare say the villain did it he could scarcely have opened the window from the outside said patricia mrs Sellers shook her head mournfully i'm not so sure of that my dear was her reply the balcony runs along the front of all three windows and as they are old and shaky like all the house he could easily have slipped a knife between the upper and lower sashes and pressed back the snake but in that case mrs pentreddle thinking a burglar was trying to get in would have shrieked for assistance argued miss Carroll. who would hear her asked mrs sellers very pertinently there was no one in the house and i dare say no one in the road as scarcely anyone comes along so far as this on a foggy night too who would come here on a foggy night no the villain found poor martha all alone and stuck her like a pig you shouldn't have left her she asked me to she asked you to repeated mrs sellers her round eyes growing rounder with astonishment asked you to what to go on an errand and patricia checked herself as it was unnecessary to repeat her story twice and she wished to tell it in the presence of the police officer it's too long to tell you now she said hastily and looked in the glass to see that her hair was in order come downstairs and let me see the man in charge of the case oh wailed mrs Sellers, submitting to be led out of the room oh that i should have lived to hear martha called a case and bunsen called her the remains such an insult what did bunsen say exactly inquired patricia quickly he said that he and matilda and sarah and eliza came round by the back and entered the house by the kitchen while matilda made up the fire and put on the kettle bunsen went up to the dining-room to see if the supper was all right nothing was disturbed so he went to look into the drawing-room expecting to see martha and you but he only found martha lying dead and icy cold on the sofa Covered with blood from her jugular vein. She never did have much blood. Poor dear, sobbed Mrs. Sellers. But what she had she lost, for she died from losing it too hurriedly. And what else did? There's nothing else, interrupted Mrs. Sellers, waving her arms in a dramatic manner. Everyone's upset and can't eat and can't go to bed, and they're all sitting in the dining room, because inspector harkness won't let them sit in the drawing-room is inspector harkness the man i am to see yes he is in the drawing-room and told me to bring you to him as soon as you could stand he saw the cabman who brought you and asked him where you had entered the cab the man said at hyde park corner about half-past eleven which may or may not be true for i can't understand what you should be doing there at this time of night it's quite true said miss carroll quietly i lost myself in the fog but why did you leave the house i shall explain that to inspector harkness dear ma patricia patted the disturbed old woman's shoulder kindly don't cry so i assure you i have nothing to do with the death of poor mrs pentreddle i never thought for one minute you had my dear said the poor landlady all the same martha is as dead as a door-nail she is now with her late husband i expect though it can't be a very pleasant place where such a rascal has gone to not that i want to say anything bad against them that are gone for we may be the same to-morrow and so poor mrs Sellers, quite incoherent with grief and bewilderment maundered on aimlessly patricia was invited to enter the drawing-room by a jovial-looking man whose would-be military air did not suit his looks he was stout red-faced gray-haired and bluff in his manner resembling the typical john bull more than anything else he tried to be stiff but failed in his buckram civilities when he forgot that he was inspector harkness and remembered that he was primarily a human being miss carroll was so pretty and graceful in spite of her white face and drooping air the result of fatigue that the officer beamed on her approvingly but having placed a chair for her and one for mrs sellers who was to be present at the interview he became more aware that he had his duty to perform and looked as stern as he possibly could now young lady he said arranging some papers and getting ready to take notes what do you know of this matter nothing said patricia coolly and decisively She was now quite her own clever, ready-witted self, as the difficulties of her position had acted upon her like a tonic. In spite of Inspector Harkness's suave demeanour, she was fully aware that he would not hesitate to arrest her if he believed she was in any way inculpated. Her curt answer rather annoyed him. "'Nothing,' he repeated sharply. "'That is rather a strange denial to make, in the face of the fact that "'You were the last person who saw this unfortunate lady alive. "'Do you deny that, Miss Carroll? "'No. Why should I? "'I was with Mrs. Pentreddle "'from the time Mrs. Sellers left with the others "'for the Curtain Theatre, half-past six, "'as we thought the house would be full,' "'interpolated Ma, sadly. "'Until nearly half-past eight o'clock,' "'finished Patricia calmly. "'And after that?' asked Harkness noting down this fact and acknowledgment i was wandering about hyde park lost in the fogs until half-past eleven what took you to hyde park on this night mrs pentreddle asked me to go on an errand for her what was the errand what indeed said mrs sellers curiously martha poor dear was always of a very secretive disposition and never told me anything but as i am her own sister she ought to have told me what she wanted patricia took no notice of this remark but addressed herself to inspector harkness she wished to get the interview over so that she could retire to bed for she felt extremely tired and only her will-power enabled her to sustain the examination mrs pentreddle she explained and the officer took down her words had an appointment to-night with a man near the serpentine bridge on this side owing to her sprained ankle she could not go herself so she promised me five pounds if i would go in place of her at first i objected since the conditions under which i was to meet this man were so strange but when mrs pentreddle declared that failing me she would ring up a messenger boy on the telephone i thought that there could be nothing wrong and accepted The commission for the sake of the five pounds hinted the inspector patricia threw back her head proudly i am not rich and five pounds mean much to me she said simply but with a nervous flush yes i went for the sake of the five pounds though of course she added quietly i was quite willing to oblige mrs pentreddle in every way i refused the money at first but when she insisted upon paying me i was only too delighted to accept do you blame me well no acknowledged the officer after a pause but did you not think that five pounds was a rather large sum to pay for a simple errand and martha was so close-fisted as a rule put in mrs sellers the errand was not a simple one said patricia quickly there was a very great deal of mystery about it she repeated the instructions which the dead woman had given her these both impressed the inspector and startled mrs Sellers. one would think that martha was a conspirator she exclaimed perhaps she was and perhaps she was not replied miss carroll wearily i have been puzzling over this question ever since the box was stolen stolen harkness rose suddenly to his feet and looked at the girl's pale face with an imperious glance what do you mean what i say answered patricia whose nerves were giving away a man came and snatched the jewel from my hand while i looked at it the jewel cried mrs Sellers alertly what jewel the one which was in the deal box the box which this unknown man thrust into your hand asked harkness of course i should not have opened the box but i did so because patricia hesitated it seemed useless to tell these two very matter-of-fact people about the weird sensations which she had felt while holding the jewel as they would neither understand nor believe swiftly changing her mind she ended her sentence differently because the whole circumstances were so strange that i wished to know what was in the box you were afraid that mrs pentreddle had sent you on a nefarious errand yes i was and with good reason said patricia and harkness nodded approvingly mrs Sellers disagreed why martha was a most religious woman and so good as to be almost unpleasant she would never have sent you on such an errand which had to do with anything wrong my dear you can judge for yourself said miss carroll quietly i am telling you all that has taken place harkness pondered you say that you left this house half-past eight and wandered in hyde park until half-past eleven how can you prove this very easily mr inspector i met a policeman in crook street when i left the house and asked him the time he told me that it was half-past eight at half-past eleven i spoke to another policeman near the achilles statue saying i had lost myself in the fog i asked him the time also and told him to whisk me up a cab he said it was half-past eleven and got me the cab mrs sellars told me in my bedroom that you had questioned the cabman sir so he must substantiate my story harkness nodded yes he told me that a policeman had put you in the cab at hyde park corner about the time you mentioned i see that you can account for leaving the house and returning to it but what were you doing in the meantime i have told you said patricia annoyed at having her word doubted yes you have told me but can you prove what you say luckily i can unless the things are stolen what things the umbrella the lantern and the empty box which i left on the bench in the broad bayswater path i was sitting there when the man robbed me what was the man who robbed you like i can't say it was foggy and he only remained for a single moment what was the man who gave you the box like i can only make you the same answer said patricia both incidents happened so swiftly that i had no time to observe anything but if you will send to the park you will perhaps find the articles i left on the bench the inspector nodded and rising from his chair went out of the room mrs Sellers caught the girl's hand when they were alone what does it all mean my dear she asked helplessly i can't say replied patricia shaking her head you know all that i know and must form your own opinion what is yours i have none i am quite bewildered at this moment inspector harkness re-entered the room and returned to his seat i have sent to the broad walk in hyde park he said bluffly. so if your story is true the articles will be found my story is true said patricia flushing with anger but while i was away someone may have sat on the bench and-and have taken the articles finished the officer dryly well yes but i hope for your sake that your tale a very strange one will be substantiated by these proofs do you believe that i am telling you a falsehood Asked patricia in her most indignant manner i believe nothing and i say nothing "'until these articles are found.' "'And if they are not?' "'The inspector hesitated, looked awkward, and did not reply. "'Patricia stood up, trying to control her nerves, "'but quivering from head to foot. "'Perhaps you accused me of murdering Mrs. Pentreddle before I went out?' "'No, dear, no,' cried Mrs. Sellers, catching her hand kindly. "'The doctor says that poor Martha was murdered about ten o'clock.' as you can prove that you were absent by means of those policemen and the cabman no one can accuse you of the crime and i know said mrs Sellers, bursting into tears that you wouldn't hurt a fly much less martha who liked you in her disagreeable way i am not accusing miss carroll i beg to say remarked the inspector as soon as he secured a moment to speak but this whole tale is so strange that miss carroll cannot blame me if i desire proofs naturally a high-spirited young lady doesn't like to be questioned in this way But i don't mind being questioned interrupted patricia her hot irish blood aflame but it is being doubted that i object to natural enough natural enough said harkness soothingly but one cannot bring personal feelings into legal matters i have daughters myself of your age miss carroll and i have every sympathy with your position as a man and as a father i fully believe every word you say but as an officer i am obliged to disbelieve until i have proofs if i do not demand them the jury and the coroner will when where asked patricia startled at the inquest you will be the most important witness miss carroll but i don't know who committed the crime no nor does any one else but you can tell the coroner and the jury what you have told me and i hope that the articles you left on the bench will be forthcoming to prove the truth of your extraordinary story come miss carroll you must see that i am trying to make things as pleasant as possible for you consistent with my official responsibility yes said patricia and sat down again for after all she could not deny but what her story sounded very incredible and as yet she had not told the most incredible portion as that had to do with her own peculiar sixth sense which she was very certain neither the inspector nor mrs sellers possessed and as they had not got it how useless it would be as she fully recognized to relate the sensations caused by the stolen jewel her tale was improbable enough so there was no need to make it still more so can you describe what was stolen harkness asked her patricia did so and the explanation was received with exclamations of surprise by mrs sellers and with a somewhat sceptical air by the inspector patricia saw his doubts and grew annoyed again what is the use of my telling you things when you won't believe me before harkness could answer this very natural question a young constable entered and placed on the table the articles which had been left on the bench in the foggy park miss carroll spread out her hands triumphantly yes said the inspector interpreting the gesture i believe your story now young lady here are the proofs ah yes groaned mrs sellars rocking but where is the jewel Chapter 3.